Restoration Church. Nathan, Joey, and Catherine here. You have not heard us in a while, and that has been somewhat intentional, uh, simply because we want these podcasts to be regular. And so since I was on sabbatical, and since Nathan is getting ready to go on sabbatical, we knew that uh, we probably could not do them in a regular and a helpful fashion. And so that's the break. So you will not hear them regularly until at least when Nathan gets back from sabbatical, and then, Lord willing, we'll pick them back up uh, weekly. So, yeah, Nathan, any thoughts on that? Um, no. Okay, perfect. There you go. He's he's just thinking about sabbatical at this point, ready to <laughs> ready to go. Uh, but Lord willing, uh, March of next year, we'll pick them back up and do them more regularly. If there are things you want to hear about us talk about, feel free to let us know. That is not a promise that we will actually talk about what you ask, but we'll at least think about it. Yeah. So yeah, we want to answer the questions that you are asking. That's right. But today. We're going to do what we have done. The, the most anticipated podcast every year in the life of our church. I'm talking like literally a dozen people every year. They wait antis- with great anticipation. There are more than that, maybe. Okay, maybe 20. Yeah, there's, there's some people. I think this is pro- maybe. Yeah, anyway, what we are going to talk about today, our favorite I'm reads. Disappoint them this year. That's, well, our favorite reads. Good year reads for me. Our favorite reads is someone told me once, they're like, I'm not sure Nathan gets the whole podcast thing. You have to wait for each other to stop talking. <laughs> it's a conversation. We're talking to each other. Anywho. I think people like that. Fa- favorite reads from 2018. So we're thinking, we're think two primary categories. What we would call primarily reads that were aimed at stirring our affections for Christ, helping us think more deeply about Jesus specifically. And then what we call joy reads or non, you know, centered Christian reads. However you want to say that. Yeah, yeah. So I call them leisure reads. Leisure reads. Nathan, let's start the first category. So Christian books, as it were. This year, books that stirred your affection for Christ. We're, are we doing? Th- we're doing three, right? Uh we can. I'm not. <clears throat> two, two or three. Oh, I'm gonna two in each category. Two in each? Yeah. I need to come up with some more books quickly. <laughs> How many are you doing? Uh, I have one and a half or two in each. Okay. All right. So well, I'm going to have to make some up on the fly. It'll be good. <laughs> okay. First one right out of the gate. This is Christian Reed. So I don't know if I'd call this one stirring my affection for Christ, nor would I call it leisure. So I might be creating a category here right out of the box. Uh, but uh, the book is called Impossible People by Oz Guinness. Oz Guinness is a wicked smart uh Christian. Um, he's a wonderful brother, written a lot of really good books. Uh, I picked up this read. I read a number of books in advance of our preaching through Judges to try to help me think about how is it we apply uh, a lot of the stuff going on in Judges where everybody's doing what is right in their own eyes. There's no king in Israel. So uh, the subtitle of this book is Christian Courage and the Struggle for the Soul of Civilization. Um, again, Impossible People, Oz Guinness. Uh, the reason why I like this book is because Guinness is so good at carefully, winsomely, and humbly kind of uh, describing what's going on in society and weighing that against the, the teaching of Scripture, the historic understanding of the Bible. And uh, he says at the beginning of the book that we now live in a society that is what he calls a cut flower civilization. So we've been cut off. So now the thinking predominantly in the West has been cut off from historic thinking. And it has now, since it's it's not attached to anything, it's changing all the time. 
And he then goes on to talk about how it's fluid. So it's cut flower and then it's fluid. So it's always taking different shapes, taking different forms, and it's just moving all of the time. And I think we see that. And he goes on to say that we as Christians, since it's so light and fluid and cut off from the world, we as Christians need to be impossible people. In other words, uh, we need to be the kinds of people that are not fluid and always changing, but instead are humble and kind and fixed to the teaching of uh, the world. This is what he says on page 32. We too must become impossible people, Christians with hearts that can melt with compassion, but with faces like flint and backbones of steel, who are unmanipulable, unbribable, undeterrable, and unclubbable, without ever losing the gentleness, the mercy, the grace, and the compassion of our Lord. So if you're looking for a good book to read, to kind of orient the kind of changing, shifting times of where we find ourselves. It's going to be biblically faithful, humble, and uh, help you see how we can navigate these times. This would be a good one for you. There you go. Academic? No. Yeah. I think I think like a like a regular old folk that doesn't have a seminary degree could pick this up and be helped by it. Yeah. And it's not very big, too. It's, it's small. Yeah. Os Guinness writes with beauty. Yeah, he's, he's yeah, very he's, helpful. He's easy to read. 200 pages in small. It's not even like a full... Like, I don't know how big that is. However, like, take your... It's 5.5 by 8.5, a half of a sheet of paper. Take your thumb and your longest finger in the middle and pull it out. That's how tall it is. All right. Catherine? Yes. Okay. My first recommendation is Running Scared. By? By Ed Welch. You sound scared right now. I know. She's being very kind and indulging us in doing the podcast, (laughs) even with a voice that is not 100%. I know. I thought my gift this year was that I wouldn't have to do it because of my throat. (laughs) We're committing. So, Running Scared is about anxiety, and I would recommend it for people. I think lots of people experience different types of anxiety, and Ed Welch does a good job talking about anxiety from a biblical standpoint, and then the different chapters or different sections go into uh, anxiety with money or anxiety with uh, fear of death and judgment or fear of man is a big one. Um, so I liked, and so this book is a little long, um, but I think you can skip around if like, depending on what kind of anxiety you experience. Um, and he goes into a lot about what he calls the manna principle, talking about how God provides for his people and how that can give you peace in the mid of, in the middle of um, anxiety. So I found that to be a good and helpful book and a good one to read with other people. Awesome. Though I've not read Running Scared, I know I probably should have, and it's been recommended quite often. So it's yeah. it's one of those books that is uh, supposed yeah. to be very helpful. Yeah. So I've heard good things. It's yeah. been sitting on my bookshelf, and I haven't read it. Well. So I need to. Here, here. It's on my bookshelf as well. Yep. Look at there. <laughs> It happens. So if you have questions about it, or if you want to borrow it, come to Nathan myself. <laughs> right. If you actually want to read it and get insight, you can ask Catherine. I think somebody actually did borrow my copy. Anyway, uh, anyway uh, mine would be uh, Union with Christ by Rankin Wilborn. You have he, talked so much about this book. I and I've, since you have recommended, I've now, in my little pastor circles, it's been coming up a lot. Yeah. So if you've not <laughs> read this book, this is the book that I gave away when I got back from sabbatical. Uh, it was it was that good, and so he's he talks about how union with Christ is the theme of the Bible, and so he's a not only is it academic, but he's a, he's a pastor, and so he really takes these truths and applies it. He writes with beauty, he writes with great illustrations, he writes as a pastor to people with real struggles. And so he, throughout the book, he's trying to help close the gap of what we know to be true and what we feel 
to be true and helps show its union with Christ, uh, us in Christ and Christ in us, that helps bring that reality so we can feel what is true about us. So, wonderful book. Couldn't recommend it more. And it's even got this gold sticker on front. ECPA, Medallion of Excellence Christian Book Award. Wow. Was it easy to read? Oh, so easy. So, again, same question to you. Like, it's like a regular old folk can come. Oh, it's it's tremendously enjoyable. You could almost do devotions out of this book. That's good. And so. and if you've, if you've been encouraged by our time through Ephesians 1 to 3, this would be a good way to kind of keep the thoughts going. Yeah, it's it's a wonderful book. So, Union with Christ by Rankin Will, Wilborn. So, all right. So there's there's three. Nathan, you got another one. Here we go. Wait, are you is making, this are you, in the right category? This is uh, this is yeah. In its own way, it's stirring an affection for Christ. <laughs> um, so this is the one. This is the book that's going to convict you just by the title alone. You ready? Twelve ways your phone is changing you. Um, so it's not really a phone. Isn't that funny? We don't hardly use it as a phone much anymore. But anyway, twelve ways your phone is changing you. So. Uh, he says at the beginning of the book, we check our smartphones about 81,500 times each year or once every 4.3 minutes of our waking lives, which means you'll be tempted to check your phone three times before you finish this chapter. Or seven times before you finish this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. There you go. So he goes on to talk about how we are addicted to distraction. He just helps us understand how all of this uh, activity with our phones, how it's changing us. We're addicted to distraction. We ignore our flesh and blood. We crave immediate approval. We lose our literacy. We feed on the produce. We become what we like. We get lonely. We get comfortable in secret vices. We lose meaning. We fear missing out. We become harsh to one another. We lose our place in time. That's the chapter titles. Uh, I found it very useful. Uh, it's a good kind of uh, little one volume from all the stuff I've read on this stuff. Uh, on this topic. So this is a thing, guys. You think about this. The Gutenberg Press, right? Way back in the 1400s, that changed the world in many ways. That led to the Reformation. On it goes. I believe, uh, that, you know, hundreds of years from now, when they look back on time, if Jesus hasn't come back, the phones, our iPhones will be a moment in history. And so we need to stop and think carefully about what our iPhones or whatever you all call them, smartphones are doing to us. Uh, and as Christians, try to think it more carefully, think about it more carefully. Again, not a long book, so not even 200 pages. And, uh, you'll be convicted and instructed to look to Jesus and put those, put those phones down a little more often and use them constructively. So he's not against phones, but, uh, he's going to help you think about it a little more careful. Awesome. There you go. Something Tony, always... Tony Rinke. R-E-I-N-K-E. Twelve ways your phone is changing you. Yep. And many more, I'm sure. Yeah, probably more. All right, Catherine. Okay. My second recommendation would be The Rest of God by Mark Buchanan, which is a book that we recommended after the women's retreat. So our women's retreat this year was on rest for all the men who maybe did not know that. But we, um, some of us got together and talked about this book after. And what we really liked about it is that he... He writes in a really engaging way and is very biblical with what he's saying, but also then practical. Uh, so he helps you think about what is rest, but then also how do I go out and, and actually rest? And so he talks a lot about like doing life-giving activities. So, so it's not about sleeping like? all the time? You know, it's not. Oh, it's okay. not about sleeping. <laughs> but that is part of rest. Yes, it but is. But it's not, not not about sleeping, yeah. I guess. So there you yeah. go. So I, I really like that book, and it helped me think about how do I 
how am I resting in Christ and how am I practically living that out? Are in you, my life? are, is your lifestyle different on this side of reading <laughs> in some ways? Yeah. Yeah. So one thing that Joey had asked me to do is to take a Sabbath day during the week. And after reading this, I was more aware of what I should be doing and can be doing on a Sabbath day. And you found so what that, does that it look like? encouraged you? Yes. And I, I really do feel more rested. So. Praise the Lord. There you go. Yeah. And, and, and speaking that, of rest, in that line, uh, <laughs> if you remember, the second book I rec- recommended on the back in my There's sabbatical. There's a theme here: the phone, <laughs> straight to rest, the art of rest, the art of the art of rest by Adam Mabry. Uh, again, written by a pastor on rest, and if the art of rest is practical and those types of things, Mabry does a wonderful job of showing the biblical theology and the importance of Sabbath. Mm-hmm. And so he defines Sabbath as a time of rest holy to the Lord, so he doesn't necessarily reduce it to a day, though it includes that. Mm-hmm. And he says biblical rest is less rule and more rhythm. And so how can we weave mm-hmm. uh, the rhythm of rest both daily, weekly, monthly, and yearly? And he draws that from uh, the biblical theology. And so, again, written by a pastor very warm and inviting and was really helpful as I thought about rest, both on my sabbatical and what it looks like coming out of it. And are both of these books, books you use that word rhythm, so they're not, I think some people get uh, dismissive of reading books on rest and things like that because it's it's going to tell them one more thing to do and they don't want to do one more thing. So would you say that these books are helping you understand how to rest in your current rhythms while maybe promoting doing some new stuff is, or is it doing something else? Does it want you to do new stuff? I would say it wants you probably to do less mm-hmm. with more intentionality. Okay. So, you know, one of the things would be like, if, look at your Saturdays and your Sunday afternoons. Yeah. Are you doing, are you just filling your calendar full of stuff because you have free time? Yeah. Or are you looking ahead with intentionality and proactiveness to say, I'm going to do these things because they give life to me? Or I'm not going to do these things because they suck things away from me. So I think that's where I would, yeah. Good. Excellent. All right, so there's all the Christian books you need to know for next year. There you go. Uh, There are many more, but we're going to move on to uh, kind of the leisure reads of the past year. So, Nathan, what would you recommend for those that just want to rest, being a rest, rest their mind? Mm -hmm. Any books that you would recommend? Yeah, a a couple. So... um, I'm actually going to reach back into the end of last year because oh, I don't cheating. think I, I don't think I mentioned this, so I'm kind of cheating a little bit. I may mention another one if you give me an opportunity. But um, uh, the autobiography of Frederick Douglass, uh, it's super small. You just uh, stole one of mine, but it's okay. Uh, you, can, you can read it in no time. Uh, it's not very long, and it is just a page turner. And so, make sure you read the appendix. Yeah, the appendix is – oh, it's gut-wrenching to read the appendix. But um, – but Frederick Douglass just tells the story of his life, how he was born into slavery, and how he, uh, what it was like being different parts, uh, being on these different plantations, what the different masters were like, and what he did. And uh, he gets into a fight with one of his masters, and and uh, anyway, he he gets out, obviously. And so the story, though, I'm not going to give spoil all the details, but the story of how he gets out is fascinating, and what he does throughout the process. He's very industrious, Frederick Douglass is, um, and even from a small uh, a small when he was a small boy. So really, really good. It's a, it's a high impact, short time to read. There's a few of those that are like that, but man, I love, I've read that now twice. And, uh, 
yeah, the appendices is really hard to read as a Christian. Yeah. Uh, but, um, it's really instructive to getting a little bit of a historical background to where we are today as a nation. It gives you one snapshot of one, uh, guy that uh, went through that. And, you know, after you finish it, you know what you should do? What? Thank you. I was wondering if you're listening. <laughs> Uh, what you should do is go over to Southeast, uh, yeah. where where his house stands. This is the house he was living in before he died. So he, was, he was up in post here in D.C., and his house is there, and you can tour the ground. You can see his library, which is intact from the day he died. It's sitting right there. Uh, beautiful property. has a nice little view into the city. It's a good way to spend maybe an afternoon. Um, so read autobiography of Frederick Douglass and then go to his house. There you go. All here in Washington, D.C. Yeah, you could do all that in a day. You really could. I <laughs> yeah. think, I like, think, seriously, the, that, I think it's 90 pages. Yeah. Uh, short pages. The autobiography is yeah. excellent. Read. Good. Catherine. Yes, I have <clears throat> two by the same author. So one is called Rules of Civility. I, I'm not sure how to pronounce his name. I think it's Amor Towels. T-O-W-L-E-S. But anyway, so Rules of Civility is about a girl. It's kind of like a coming-of-age story of of an immigrant woman in New York City and, like, starting in the 1930s. And the book's really cool because it interweaves her story with a bunch of other people in different social classes in New York City at that time. So it's a commentary... I think on both like the the beauty of life, but also how fleeting life is. So mm-hmm. it's a pretty good read. Um, and but I think because I read that book and really loved it, I read his other book, A Gentleman in Moscow, which I know other ladies are reading, um, or maybe some men too. But I know of mm-hmm. women who are reading it. It's about a gentleman, yes. <laughs> so it's about it's a not count. One of these romance novels. No, please. neither okay. neither of these are. Right. The, thank you. Well, it's Nathan. a gentleman in Moscow, so it yeah, me to believe. No, he's literally a gentleman. He's a count in, in the ni- in yeah. the nineteen twenties in Russia, and he gets put under house arrest, or it's like sentenced to house arrest in this hotel in Russia for being an aristocrat. So it, it goes through different, it's the Bolshevik period in Russia. So you get some history, some Russian culture, and it's just written in a really beautiful way that pulls you into the story. Did Dimitri tell you to read that book? He didn't. Okay. I wonder if he has. It'd be yeah. interesting. There that would go. be great if you've read that and he has it. That would be awesome. Uh, the name one more time? Uh, a Gentleman in Moscow. Okay. And we're not <laughs> nonfiction. Nonfiction. No, fiction. 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 Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Both of them. All right. So... Uh, and mine would be uh, Let the Trumpet Sound, A Life of Martin Luther King Jr. So it is a, one of, from what I understand, one of the first kind of robust biographies written of uh, Martin Luther in the 70s. I think it's been updated since then, but it's just a phenomenal read. I think, at least personally, I knew a few snippets of Martin Luther King's life a pastor, I have a dream speech, and some of these other bigger moments. But there's so much, obviously, below that, and so much that he didn't necessarily just set out to do, but God providentially used him in some radical ways to bring forth the injustices against African Americans in this country. And so it's just, not only does it open, it opened my eyes, yes, to the personal uh Racism, but also you see the layers of systematic injustices that were that were and even in some ways still are oppressing uh, African Americans in this country. And so it was not only was it informative, it made me cry at times. It was convicting and enlightening uh, in so many ways. So 
If you haven't read it, I would highly encourage it. It's by Stephen B. Oates, which you're familiar with because he's done some Civil yeah, War writing. Yeah, he's, he's actually more of a Civil War writer. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, uh, he was one of the first people to get access to uh, all the, the, the King Library, all the personal correspondence, all these things that they, at first they didn't open up to the public. So it must have been published when, like in the It was in 70s? the 70s, yeah. yeah. So it, it was, you know, he got... Finally got permission from Coretta Scott to, to get in and, and get all the personal correspondence. It's just fascinating read. Uh, and it, it goes through his entire life. So it talks about his time as a pastor in Alabama, uh, Rosa Parks, uh, the march, all the way through, uh, obviously. Do you get kind of a snapshot of the civil rights era by reading this book? Not only MLK? I mean, I, I would say yes, though I'm not as well versed, but it's, it's more than just Martin Luther King. It's it's surround it's all of that that entire time period. So it starts in the mid fifties and basically goes through sixty eight when he was shot, and it, it shows a lot of what was happening uh, primarily in the South around those times and how black people were just atrociously repressed and yeah. um, oppressed. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So a good read, a hard read, but a wonderful read. Yep. So. Yeah. I haven't read that one. I'd like to read that one myself. So, and the other one I was going to mention is, is uh, Frederick Douglass's autobiography. So, double double commendation there. Any others? So, I'm, and we're going to wrap up in just a second. We're running out of time. I've, I've got one more. Minutes. One more. Oh, this is one you're pulling out of the hat. Okay, yeah, this one I'm pulling out of the hat. <laughs> it was it was pretty good. So, so this uh, this year in 2018, Billy Graham died, and huh. so uh, you know, honestly, I I didn't know a whole lot about Billy Graham. And so uh, I've always seen everywhere I go, like old pastors, you know, growing up and well, I, yeah, anyway, I, I've seen, I, I came to the Southern Baptist Convention when I was in the 11th grades. So I grew up in the Methodist Church, but you know, from then on, I've always seen this book going around. It's Just As I Am by Billy Graham. It's his autobiography and it's really, really big. So that's why I went and got it on audio. Ah, uh, there you uh, go. So this would, I would encourage, and I would recommend it on audio. So, cause, yeah, so basically this is Billy Graham just telling the story of his life. And he, he reads the book himself, so on the audio version. And so, you know, Billy Graham will be, is one of the most historic Christians our nation has ever produced. There are some things that I didn't really care for, that like the way he talked about them, as even as a Christian. But there's a lot of things that were so encouraging to hear about how the Lord used him, uh, not only here in America, but all over the world, to see people come to faith in Christ. Um, and just, you know, an amazing picture of a, of a godly man that lived humbly and simply and uh, tried to do the right thing. And so I would really recommend you get the audio version of Just As I Am, uh, which is uh, Billy Graham's autobiography. There we go. All right, so we've given you a list of books. I'm not going to give the, the titles that you give. Nathan, just wrap up here. The, all the titles yep. of all the books <clears throat> that you recommended were? Autobiography of Frederick Douglass, um, Just As I Am by Billy Graham, Impossible People by Oz Guinness, and 12 Ways Your Phone is Changing You by Tony Rinke. Running Scared by Ed Welch, <clears throat> The Rest of God by Mark Buchanan, Rules of Civility by Amor Towles, and A Gentleman in Moscow, also by Amor Towles. There you go. Say it confidently. <laughs> yeah. uh, and Union with Christ by Rankin Wilborn, The Art of Rest by Adam Mabry, and Let the Trumpet Sound, uh, Life of Martin Luther King by Stephen Oates. So... Uh, Nathan, in one or three sentences, yes, the importance of reading good books. Oh man, great question. Uh, on the spot, 
person of reading good books we we live in a really big world with a lot of different a lot of wonderful people with a lot of amazing events and so read good books so as to be more exposed to what god is doing in and around the world not only christian books but history books and fiction books so as to enlighten your imagination and enlighten your information of history so it just gives you a bigger picture of the tiny little lives that we live and uh, books are a great way of seeing that big world that god made there you go all right there it is. There's all your books for that we read in 2018. Maybe if you haven't read them, you'll read some of them in 2019. Yes, we have more, too. We've all read more books than that. So if you want more recommendations, come and find us. Or ask another, I'll be in South Florida. Or ask another <laughs> member of the church. I'm sure they can recommend them as well. All right, we love you, Restoration Church. 